What's going on, guys? Welcome to the ISD CrossFit Podcast. This is episode 52, the first one of 2023. Um, and I, I guess I hope everyone had a good 2022, good new year, and are ready to rock um, this year. I think you guys did. We talked about that. Highly okay. motivated right now. Ready? Right? Yeah. I'm ready, yeah. Okay. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> uh, the the uh, topic today will be concurrent training or like how to train for another event while doing CrossFit. So specifically, you know, you're training CrossFit and planning to do a running race or planning to do a triathlon or planning to do a ski race or something like that. That's going to be our topic is how to do the CrossFit, do that event or do that training and mix them together. So should be an interesting one, but we got to hear our question of the day first. It's your favorite movement to coach in the gym. A little bit more exercise-related question here. Should I go first? I'm ready. You can go first. Okay, I'll go first. Uh, I will pick the snatch, and specifically the full snatch. Uh, I think it's complicated. I think it takes a lot of time, maybe years to master, maybe a decade to master. Uh, there's a lot of different benefits of performing a good full snatch, uh, ones that you know, individuals who don't have great mobility will get some benefit out of it. And I think a lot of people also find it fun uh, because it's so challenging. I think that's also a reason why I like it personally. It was one of those movements where you get it just right and it feels feels great. It feels amazing. Like, wow, that one was finally good. Like, that was finally a good rep. Um, yeah, I think I have to go with that. I think I see your passion a lot in that, actually. Yeah. Be honest. I so. have a bar slam video somewhere of me snatching. Yeah, you hit 285. I slammed it. Well, that was 275 for oh, that video. Sorry about no that. No video on 280. You, you I didn't bring my tripod out. You slammed it like it was 285. Though. I slammed it like 500 pounds. Yeah. Like I hit a new <laughs> Olympic record. Yeah. Um, shoot. I was actually going to say the snatch, too. You can say that. For, for, all, for all the same reasons you said, um, and I think just from a coaching perspective, I think not that we don't bring like a lot of value on other days, but I think we can bring an even extra added amount of just knowledge and guidance on those days. Because for a lot of people, it's probably at least in their top three of hardest movements we do here. And like you said, when they execute a good one, like they, their face just lights up and that's a cool moment for us to be able to be a part of. So, um, I didn't know you were going to say that, but I'm not going to change my answer. Cause I'd have, to, I'd have to think about a different one. All right. Mine Mine is close between two, either the split jerk or the deadlift. Um, basically, those are two that I've struggled with almost the most. So I feel like I get it a little bit more, if that makes sense, coaching it and figuring it out for people. So uh, I enjoy that. I think people like the split jerk. Right? It's the easiest way to get the most weight overhead. Um, so I like that. There's some footwork component to it. And then the deadlift, basic movement, but just perfecting that. Folks like it. I have some passion in coaching that. So... Those would be my really, really close one and one B. I would guess the deadlifts in like most people's top three favorite movements too, yeah. which is good. So yeah, like people want to do it, and then you want to coach it. It's like a yeah, great day. Yeah, there always seems to be great energy in the gym when we deadlift. Like people just get so psyched up for it. It's cool. It's fun to be here. Versus maybe snatch day. Yeah, half the class. Yeah, that <laughs> guys are snatching, especially full snatch. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Just very quickly, on top of this, do you have one that you don't like to coach? And that's not like we, not a bad question, but something that's. I honestly, I struggle with the jerk. I, I like the movement, but 
uh, it's something like I've struggled the most with it, which is funny that you kind of said that that's why you like it. Uh, I just feel like when I'm identifying issues in the jerk, half the times it's like just not flexible enough yet. And that's really hard to like tell someone or whatnot, but you just keep trying until it gets there. I know our members really like it when we go for one rep maxes, but sometimes that's some of my more stressful days because I want to really make sure that everybody's successful and safe. So maybe it's not like I don't like coaching when we do heavy one rep maxes, but I know there's just maybe a little bit more likely like people won't walk away feeling super successful. So phrasing it the right way and being like, hey, this is an opportunity to test ourselves and we just learn from it. And then me having to be kind of like extra vigilant as far as is everybody safe and is everybody going about this the right way? Like nothing scares me more when I see somebody barely stand up a back squat and then they add 50 pounds and I'm like, this is not going <laughs> to, this is probably not going to end well, but we'll see, we'll see what happens. But that doesn't happen. No. Often. If no. anything, if anything, it's like they do their hardest lift and you're like, it looked like you could have done more, which is good. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. We, our people are really good. They, they listen to us and I think, 99.5% of people, what we say clicks with them. So I don't have to worry so much anymore, but always a little bit anxious on those days for sure. Uh, mine would probably be handstand push-ups, more specifically kipping handstand push-ups. I think there's a lot that goes into it. Um, a lot of it being body weight and stuff like that. And those are tough things. And so we don't really love the movement either. Yeah. It can be tough on the neck if you don't go into the the right position. So I, I like the strict handstand push-up. Kind of similar to like a pull-up, right? I love the strict pull-up. When you get into kipping, sometimes don't love it, but goes back to basics. Puts the priority on strength. So like strict strength. Not that I don't like it's just like my least favorite to coach. Not that I don't like it, if that makes sense. Alright. Back to training for another event while doing CrossFit. Do we want to use grandma's Marathon is an example. Got a lot of people doing that. Use that. It's yeah. about six months away. Should that's we, in June. Specifically, the half or the should we talk full? It'd be very different. We can talk about both. I we, guess. we can we can talk yeah. about. We'll we'll talk about both. But I mean, I mean, just the basic there. As you get closer to that event, you taper off maybe a little bit more of the CrossFit specific training and into a little bit more running. Um, that's just a very basic schematic, which I'm sure you guys do know. So we'll talk a little bit more on that. Yeah, I feel like the first thing when you talk about is like setting the context of where you are at as an individual. Um, so let's say you have someone who's doing their first ever half and they have never ran before competitively, maybe ever, compared to someone who maybe ran their whole life when cross country in high school, maybe in track, maybe just recreationally once or twice a week for the last five to 10 years. Those two people are going to have completely different paths uh, with running. And then within that, there's also going to be individuals who are naturally talented and naturally very durable. And then you're going to have the opposite end where someone's maybe they get really beat up from running. They're not as naturally talented in running. And so they're going to be two completely different paths. Um, so with those two things kind of taken into mind, that's where your progression will start, where one person might be able to start their easy run at six miles the other person's easy run might be, I'm going to try to run for 10 minutes, and when I need to walk, I'm going to walk. So I think context is really important. So if you're listening to this and we give some sort of example or specific recommendation, you have to first decide, you know, is it right for me? Uh, and with running, especially, body weight plays uh, a huge role. Uh, I'm a heavier runner. I kind of just took up some running recently. 
for me, I'm not going to go and hop on a program that, you know, 140 pound male collegiate runner is going to do because I would get wrecked. And I've seen some running programs and even week one supposed to be the easy week is a total mileage of like 13 or 15. I would be wrecked. So people just misunderstanding a specific running program, yes. kind of understanding the right program that people can. You got to find the right yeah. place to start. Uh, and if you want to keep your strength up here in CrossFit, that's an entire different story in addition to that. So kind of start there for what I think is important. Any any progression that you want to lay out and follow, I think the first thing starts with giving yourself enough time to run a good progression. So kind of the analogy of you can't cram for the test, you can't cram in all your miles right before the race. Like that's just a recipe for failure. So what, six months away from a race like grandma's 24, 26 for the half, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Who you are. Yeah. So I know, for example, last year, Kirsten and I ran the half. We started just running 20. I think it started off with like a 20 to 30 minute run, whatever that distance was. And we did that for like two weeks, just got used to running like outside, not on a treadmill. That was where that's that's where we were at. What and type of frequency when you first started? How many days a week? Two, two times a week, yeah. And then after that, it started to be, hey, let's hit some actual mileage goals. So it, it started to be like, minimum, we're gonna try to hit two. If we feel good, let's try to go three or four. And you do the, and we did that for a month or more, maybe. And then eventually, you you know, you start to get accustomed to running. That's where like the progression sets you up to be like, okay, well, one of these two days of the week, I'm going to try to go for a longer run. So in our lead up to the half marathon, um, our longest run was, I think we did eight miles twice. And for both of us, it wasn't like a, hey, like we physically need to do a 10 mile run or something like that. It was just to prove to ourselves like, hey, we can run for eight miles and not stop. And not feel terrible the next day. So whatever happens on race day happens, but laying a foundation of, hey, I've at least acquainted myself with a distance that mentally helps you feel prepared and physically you're going to be able to manage whatever the day of the race is. Now, you probably couldn't find that running program that I just described anywhere. That was just kind of, we went extremely by feel. However, you know, I think the general, like I've talked to some people in the gym, like a half marathon program prep would get you like one 10 mile run and kind of fall like something similar along those lines where like, it's a very slow build up. But again, if you don't give yourself the time to do that slow build, the progression doesn't really matter. So planning ahead, know you're six months away now, set yourself, you know, three to four months, I'd say at least of actual some running training. And then blending that in with whatever you want to do at the gym. And some context, you're very high fitness level. Kirsten, former college track athlete. Yeah. So it is also important to remember that. Yeah. That, you know, if Joe's doing 20 minutes and he's used to this, someone might have to start with 10. Yeah. Progression might be much slower. Uh, like what I'm trying to do, I've been running for, been trying to run for like a year before I even attempt a half. Because I, I don't want to finish the half just to finish the half. I want to finish the half yeah. and not hurt for six months. Yeah. Or I want to finish the half and still be able to be strong in the gym. Whereas if you do cram everything in, you're going to have to sacrifice whether it's your strength or maybe your joint health or something else with too rapid of a progression. Yeah. How's the guy doing that had never ran before that was starting to run? 
Was it your cousin? My cousin. Yeah. Uh, so he's he's quit. Um, okay. But <laughs> he's still signed up. Okay. All he's right. still signed up, and he said he's going to run uh, once it's sunny. But yeah, he's just like me. He's over two hundred twenty pounds or whatever. He's two fifteen or something like that. Uh, and for him, I would recommend a year of running as well. But not everyone takes the approach I recommend. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess another thing that I have on here is just have knowing your goal, because some people it might be to finish it. Yes. Yep. Um, you know, for me. I'm going to start training at about 12 weeks ahead. And my goal is sub 130, which is pretty fast. And I, I know before the snow flew, I was like doing three mile run. I think I did a three mile run, a four mile run, a five mile run, three weeks in a row, just one time a week at the pace I had to hold for that. And I think that's the training plan I'm going to do two times a week, trying to hold that pace as long as I can, and then have one run that's slower, longer to get more volume in. That's kind of the plan I'm going to go with. And then as I lead up, probably the, into June, just left less heavy jumping and box jumps and heavy weightlifting. Yeah. But um, that's kind of the, the spot I'm in. That's my goal. Other people's are different, and that's a huge part of it, right? Who you are and then what your goal is. So, yeah. so if, uh, I guess we kind of talk about like a sample plan maybe. Uh, so someone who's prioritizing both CrossFit and running, I think you still end up tapering for a big competition like Grandma. So maybe right now you're doing, let's say you're just doing four or five days a week of CrossFit. Uh, I would say we're six months out or so. I would say you should probably be running at least once or twice a week, depending on who you are. Um, if you're not, if you're like me and you need to get more mileage under, right? I didn't run ever in my whole life, like literally until CrossFit. Um, I'm trying to run three days a week at lower durations of time because the longer durations tend to beat me up but accumulating some mileage uh, right now but I think if you're more advanced yeah once or twice a week is probably fine for right now three months out if you're really looking to perform well I think you add some more intensity to your running you might reduce your frequency in the gym at three months out uh, like if your marathon's like your main priority you might be working on two days a week I'd say um, most running coaches would probably say what, once or twice a week for strength training. And your strength training is like you're not giving it your all. It's there to support joint movement and basic strength and that type of thing. And then your real hard efforts are all going into your running. And then, yeah, for, what do you say, a month out, you're probably really prioritizing if it's your main goal. If it's your main goal, yeah. yeah. And, like, people have come up and asked me, and it's like I, I have said two to three times a week. Yeah. And then play it off of feel how you're feeling. Metcons, like I've said, if there's, like, hard 400-meter runs, lots of jumping just scale that back maybe hit the bike maybe hit the roller yeah. instead leading up to that but everyone is different but that's a good guideline yeah. a way to do that yeah. i'd say sorry one more thing i'd say for most people too if it's a half marathon or a full your primary goal is just accumulating mileage uh you do all your strength and speed work in here right every time you do a hard squat to me that's speed work you're developing the fast twitch muscle fibers so you don't really need to do like hard interval sprint sessions you know if you're a real advanced aerobic athlete maybe but most people aren't limited by their speed in a half or a full it i know i know i certainly wasn't no yeah i'm not, I'm not gonna be either. <laughs> um and, and then like just throwing in i know this could be a completely different topic but we can t touch on it shortly like or just you know just touch on it is just nutrition thinking about keeping your carbs up and just your total calories up right because you you're be spending dieting. more so um, just something to think about as that race is leading up to really think, maybe prioritize more, getting enough of the food, enough of the calories in around that time. In in any competition setting, whether it's a long endurance event or CrossFit, whatever, uh, food needs to be looked at purely as fuel. 
it's that's that's what's going to help your recovery that's what is going to help you perform um so having a, a full gas tank i guess if you want to go with that analogy is really really important um especially if we're talking about maybe increasing your your total training volume like calories should kind of follow that one thing that we haven't really touched on it yet but if you are going to try that blended approach of crossfit and maybe training for another event is just because you add an additional event doesn't mean you double the amount of training that you're used to doing or at least you don't go to that right away it needs to follow some sort of progression and and you're increasing that total volume slowly i would say for most people if one of the volume of one of the competitions is going to go up so for example if the running volume is in, is going to increase we kind of touched on it a little bit already but the volume of something else has to decrease or at least the priority of especially of that has especially to, initially and it, yes because you need to give your body time to adjust you can't just 2x the volume of running and crossfit because you just haven't given your body a chance to to adjust to that period I guess like I'm just well, I'm just talking out loud. Like if if you go out running and let's say it's your ankle, it's your knee that's affecting you when you're running, I think I would probably not do as much stressful work in here on that stuff that you feel it a lot in those joints. If that makes sense. Yeah. And I don't, we, we might differ in opinions there, but that's the way I think about it a little bit. Like if my ankle, I'll go back to jumping. If my ankle is my limiter, I might do a little bit more flexibility strengthening work just lightly on it, but definitely not really heavy weight lifting. Lots of jumping, lots of burpee box jump overs leading up to it. Yeah. Probably within six weeks. That's something I'm looking yeah. at. So yeah, you you need your joints to be healthy for a long duration run. Uh, in my in spring, I wasn't setting any distance goals for anything because I get pretty bad knee pain when I run my left side. Don't need to elaborate on that. But I was running until what I considered a seven out of ten pain. Uh, and one time I got stuck out like f- five miles away from my house and I hit my seven out of 10 pain, made my way back. And then I just had the worst lift of my life the next day. So that was very important for me too. If you are someone who has like a nagging joint injury and you care about your strength performance, like really pay attention to that type of stuff. Because for me, it's not worth sacrificing my strength for the run, but for some people they might be, mm-hmm. they might be fine with that. Might be yeah. only interested in the run performance. Now we're talking run only some people, Joe will talk about triathlon in a second, but some people do triathlons, swimming. Some people are going to do like the Berkey that we have in here. Um, it could even be, I put it down, like it could even be like a, like Chance used to do MMA. Could be something like that. Um, same type principles apply, I'm thinking, right? Joe, how did you go about the triathlon last year? Yeah, time? so uh, last two summers, I've done some like sprint or, or, or mid-distance triathlons. As the summer approaches that is triathlon season up here so just so everybody knows we're talking about triathlon you're going to swim you're going to road bike and you're going to run so it's three separate things um all within the same race and for me uh my approach the last two years has been as i start getting closer to the race I obviously need to get more touches on the specific things that I'm going to be doing in the triathlon. So for me, um, I need to spend a lot more time in a pool or in a lake swimming. I need to get on a road bike. It's, you know, we do a lot of biking in here, but it's a rogue bike. It's, it's way. Yeah. I need to get out on the road and accumulate mileage in a outdoor setting where I'm physically moving through space. 
I'm clipped into the bike, stuff like that. Just getting more comfortable with the specific things I'll be doing on that day. Now, I'm probably a little bit different than what, you know, somebody who takes a triathlon super seriously. Last summer, I had done all the running trading leading up into the grandma's half. So I actually never did any additional running to prep, to prep for the triathlon because the run is, you know, in relation to a half marathon is relatively short. It's a 5k distance or maybe a little bit more, but two to three sessions. If I'm right now in the winter, I'd be spending those in the gym. When it goes to summertime, those two to three sessions I'm taking out of the gym and I'm going outside to a pool or um, lake, or I'm going to go hit, you know, somewhere out in the country where there's a long stretch of road that I can just bike on. That has seemed to work pretty good for me. The best success I had last year was when I was actually swimming uh, twice a week and biking twice a week. So how I would do that was one day I would exclusively go to the pool. One afternoon I would just exclusively bike. So that's your you know, your three sessions there. And then one time a week, because lake swimming is definitely different than pool swimming. I went to the lake, I'd go for my swim, I'd hop out, I kind of practice that transition, like get your, you know, swim stuff off and then get on your bike. And then I'd go into a bike. So that more simulated what I would actually feel on race day. Very like, again, by feel, like I just kind of slowly over I'd say like four to five weeks I tried to swim for like an distance for me was never like a major priority like I just need to be comfortable being in the water for a long time because similar to running like I'm never going to be limited by my speed I just need to be comfortable enough to continue breathing in the water so um, that's kind of been my experience but it to feel prepared for the triathlon I just needed to be okay with doing a little bit less in here I didn't want to give up my strength training because I like that. So that was my number one priority for CrossFit-y stuff. So like we're talking like CrossFit skills, interval stuff. On a bi-weekly basis, I just tried to do each movement once. So like in a two-week span, I'd be doing toe-to-bar in intervals. And I didn't feel super sharp on stuff during the summer, but I didn't really feel like I lost a lot either. So that's kind of what worked for me over the summer. And it also, mentally, it's fun to just do other stuff. So I always encourage people if they want to go do a half marathon or a triathlon or whatever, do it. You're not going to lose as much as you might think in the gym. And it might actually... You might get it, better. It might invigorate your... Yeah, it might re-motivate you, invigorate you to come back to the gym harder because you're taking some time out of it. I think you made a great point at the end, Joe. You're not going to lose it, I don't think. Um, you're not going to lose the strength qualities that you've developed i think it's going to take a lot longer you might have to not do them for three four weeks i'm looking back on it but um so don't worry about that and if you're in here you're you know get get some good sets in i'm thinking like deadlifts probably feel pretty good some push press power clean stuff like that and yeah. you, you won't lose it you're not going to lose your gymnastics no right if you, if you just go down to a couple less sessions so that's just something to think about for those that really like crossfit and are going towards this yeah. race. I think a, a mental aspect of it too, in the short term, you might have decreases in performance. Let's say it's your very first week and you're going to add in whatever your additional training yep. is. I don't think that is a bad thing. I don't think right away that tells you you're doing too much, but within two to three weeks, uh, if you 
follow a proper progression, your performance should come back to baseline in the gym and your performance should start to improve in whatever it is you're focusing on. Whereas I think if you do way too much to start, your progress in both will actually start to deteriorate because you'll be getting too beat up. Um, so again, I guess what I, my main point for people is to make sure you start like super slow and super far out. So like I gave myself a year. I think most people who are running should give themselves at least six months unless they have prior training history with running. But I can't tell you how many people who've told us they've been hurt by running yeah. or they just didn't train and then they went and got hurt. And to me, I'm like, well, what's the point of that? Like now you're hurt. You can't lift or run. You, you, so, you got to think running is like, you talk about reps in here. The highest the, impact. The way I think of it, the highest impact, the most reps, right? I think sometimes it gets thrown out like running is, running's great, but running's the best way to do stuff. It's like, it's a ton of impact. It's a lot of reps. So that is something to think about as well. And I just wanted to bring up something very quickly. Also, do you think people should check their weight a little bit more frequently when they're starting to train just to see if they're under eating or overdoing it? Uh, That could be a super early indicator of, Hey, maybe I did add a little bit too fast. Like your, I mean, your body's going to give you some feedback. Weight is a very easy thing to measure. Like even if the energy level feels good, but if you see an abnormally large drop in weight, it's definitely something to be aware of because that's an early indicator of, Hey, I might not feel bad today, but a week from now I might, yeah, you know, not feel great. Or those really, really big shifts within your body, you just put yourself at a greater risk for injury. Yeah. When I'm when I'm thinking of hard training, endurance training, like I'm almost wanting my body weight to trend upward over the course of a month, like maybe a pound a month or something like that. And what I tend to tell someone is like, you want to eat as much as you can without gaining weight. That's like a really good way for me to simplify the process of hard training uh, versus doing an intentional diet during an endurance hard training phase in addition to CrossFit, I just don't think that can be successful. Yeah. You're you're taking something that's stressful, CrossFit in the gym here, you're adding more stress through other training, and then you're applying the third stress, which is under eating. And that's just recipe for disaster, likely increasing risk of injury or just bad performance. Maybe overall. the fourth stress of like stress and getting it all in, the fifth yes. stress of like not doing good enough performance anxiety. So... And then you end up doing um, more because you're stressed, you're not yeah. getting better. And it's just like this endless cycle of, it's just not good. So kind of on that note, I guess I, I didn't know maybe how much I wanted to go into this, but just a little rewind here to the example I gave about my triathlon training. So I had said that my strength training was something I didn't want to give up. But like Alex said, I didn't want to put that pressure on myself because I didn't know how my body was going to maybe respond day to day. So something that I did to make sure that I still did the strength work I wanted to do, but I didn't have this I didn't have this set pressure on me where it's like you're doing this exact rep range or this exact sets and reps at this weight. I shifted all of my strength training to kind of you could call it auto-regulated training. And same with my like CrossFit interval stuff, I gave myself basically a range of if I was doing CrossFit intervals, I said you're going to do anywhere between three to five sets. You cut the work as soon as you see a huge or not a huge. Well, there's usually some more specific parameters, a specific decrease in your performance. So if my intervals fell off by more than 20 seconds or whatever, depending on what it was on the day, I would just be done. I might do three sets that day. I might do five sets depending on how my body feels. Same with the strength work. 
I set myself, you're going to go to a tough set of five. Tough is a relative word that accounts for if my body feels good or bad. And if I felt good, that set of five might be heavier than I had thought. Or if I felt bad, it's less than what I thought. And then I just did some drop down sets to maintain a little bit of strength volume. And that actually worked for almost four months. And I felt that that helped me kind of manage not only the mental side of, well, I, I want to keep getting stronger, but I don't want this weird pressure on myself where I might not be able to hit these numbers because I'm a little bit beat up from this other stuff. But again, I felt fulfilled because I enjoy strength training and I was still able to do it. So on some days you got little wins, some days you just managed whatever st other stress you had going on. So if we would make that relatable to people that are, are doing our classes, maybe it's an AMRAP taking a little more of a break in there, going a little bit harder on, or a little bit easier on something, maybe cutting reps, talking to us as coaches, how you should switch it up, I think is a good idea. Yeah. Maybe don't go to the percentages. If we say it's two RL, maybe you take it to like four RL type things. I think that that is something for people to think about then. Yeah. Um, and you exactly said it. It all starts with that communication. Yeah. We can, we can give guidance on that if we know what's going on. Yeah, you talked about it a little bit earlier with like jump rope and stuff. Maybe you just did your hard run on Sunday and you came in on Monday and we have more running or more jumping, opting for a bike or something yeah. if you're extremely beat up. I don't think it's a bad thing at all. Like you just, if you have some pride to like wanting to do the workout a certain way and you're like identifying yourself as a runner, but you came on off a, like someone came in and they had done their longest training run for an ultra and it was like 28 miles and they said they hadn't even eaten yet. It's like, no. You got to rest. Yeah. <laughs> like you're, you're doing a bike. That's a yeah. good run. That's a good run. Um, I think that's, that touches on everything a little bit. Of course, this is a really a topic you could talk a lot about. Yeah. Every specific forever. thing. Uh, I have CrossFit and Jiu-Jitsu on there <laughs> with none of us having experience. We could that. talk a skill-based event though. But that's a, yeah, that's a skill-based. I mean, the less physical it is, the more skill. Well, okay. If you're playing darts, that's all skill-based, mm -hmm. right? Maybe curling. Maybe that's actually relatable. Well, I'm thinking something like golf. We've had people come. I got physical. Yeah. I have a golf tournament coming up. Um, we had an individual. I don't want to go as hard. That makes sense because you do not want to be super tight in your chest and shoulders and in your core when you're trying to rotate and hit hard. That's just not the right thing to do. So any, a lot of you guys golf and that makes sense too. So think about any that. Any sport that is high skill means there's high neurological demand. So any physical any physical stress that you apply to the body, yes, it affects, it affects the physical system, but it's also tapping a little bit into like, you know, body coordination and timing and all that stuff. Golf, like that's literally all it is. Like coordinating your body, being able to... Baseball. Yep, same idea. I thought the strongest guys were good at golf. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, some I, of the strongest guys are, but they have to have a high I don't flexibility rate. Yeah, so... Um, Again, it just goes back to knowing what your priority is. Like if your priority is to shoot the best game of your life in golf, we can still get a lot out of the hour here, but with some smart modifications to make sure that we're ready to go for whatever. Joe, imagine is. doing 30 ring muscle ups and 30 snatches and then having to pitch 80, throw 80 pitches the day after, <laughs> you know, like that's kind of where I'm going at them. Yeah, you're exactly, we don't need to talk. You're, about you're, that you're exactly right, though. The yeah. one point I was trying that would to get be hilarious. At, so we talked like very physically demanding sports. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to get away from that by I said darts. Like if you're playing darts, you could probably still play darts every night and not affect anything. Curling probably similar, although it's somewhat physical. Uh, and then golf, 
same. Like it's such a skill. Like the more skill requirement is and the less physical yeah. it is, the more you can probably do it. More Whereas, you, yeah. Yeah. Then when you take something super physical like running or triathlon, then it's like you, you can't just you practice swimming, right? But it's still physical. Yes. So Thanks for that was kind tying of, that up. Point that's, that's, I was trying to get no, my get dark it. point in there. You can do more when it's less physically demanding like that. Yes. Kind of. That's right what now. I'm trying to say. Okay. In the, in the I'm weird, sorry. In the weirdest it. way. I mean, there was a cool dart highlight lately. Did you see that one? I did, yeah. It yeah. was supposed to be like, I can't, I couldn't tell you what, but the crowd was going nuts. Everyone was going perfect with like the, the triple 20, triple right? And then the one guy missed it. The other guy hit, hit a perfect score to win and everyone was going wild. It was like the Super Bowl of darts, I guess. I can honestly say I've never... Darts are amazing because the announcers are good. Yeah. Wow. I guess I got to watch some darts. <laughs> My one buddy loves darts, so he's... Now I'm that, thinking so. about bowling. We'll, we'll, yeah. We'll develop a training program for every sport in the next year. How about that? All right. E-gaming. High skill. Not so, physical. All right. We'll end it there. Uh, we hope this was helpful to some degree. And again, reaching out, communicating it, if you have something coming up, is, is vital. But you can continue CrossFit while, while planning for something else. So... Thanks for listening, guys. We'll uh, talk to you next week.